Hello and welcome to Money Talks with Lucan District Credit Union. Uh, my name is Paula McGuire, I'm the CEO of Lucan District Credit Union and I'm joined today by John Miller, our in-house financial advisor. Hi Hello, Paula, thank you. Today John, we're going to be looking at how members and other listeners can best protect their family. And in this context, we're talking about financial protection and putting protections in place. So that would be kind of a key part of the financial planning process. Yeah, that would be the the starting point, Paula, for any good financial plan is um, protecting income in the event of injury, illness, death or anything like that. Okay. And why should people consider putting protections in place? Yeah, well, I always give the example of my own family situation. So myself and my wife, we both work. We have two young kids, one is eight and one is ten. Uh, and we look at both incomes coming into the household that pay for the various lifestyle that we have, i.e. mortgage repayments, childcare repayments, food bills, etc., etc. And it's the way we view it is, God forbid, if one of us weren't here tomorrow, how do we replace that income into the household? And that's what we look at then is if somebody has a net income of X amount by putting a policy in place in the event of anything happening, that there is financial security there. Okay, so it's really to protect the the other spouse and the children so that they don't suffer. Yeah, it's trying to maintain their lifestyle if anything unforeseen were to happen. And it is unforeseen, so... You know, many people out there might think, oh, it won't happen to me, but we simply don't know. So the view, the way, the view I take on that is, look, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Exactly, yeah. That would be good uh, advice. Yeah. So, you know, initially when you sit down or you meet with an individual or a couple, where do you start with the review? So we start off, uh, I, I ask them, like, is there any personal covers or does do, do their employer uh, provide any benefits? like for the likes of debt and service some employers would not all employers now but some employers would provide that as an employee benefit and then it's what they may have in a personal uh, capacity so where people might be taking out mortgage protection for their for them to protect their mortgage which is a requirement they may look then further to to protect from a family perspective to have a separate cover in place to cover that so you touched on um employers benefits yeah. that they might provide to an employee which is, is very good I, i'm aware of death and service are there any other benefits that an employer might yeah some would you know income protection i suppose it can be called permanent health insurance phi okay. and that would protect up to you know this covers any injury any illness that you mm-hmm. may have that would keep you out of work for a period of time so just what's called deferred periods so that could be as low as four four weeks to uh 52 weeks yeah so the longer the deferred period um the cheaper the the, the, the cover would cost right, so um, that's determined by the employer it would be yeah the setup of the yeah, plan. yeah 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 so you you would take all that into account as well absolutely and it's it's uh, you know invariably when i come across people and i ask them these questions they simply don't know what they have in place yeah and what i do there is i just ask them to you know contact their hr department or the person who is is in their workplace that looks after that stuff to, to yeah. try and get the information as to know exactly what it is because any recommendations I provide it is based on replacing a net income and um, but if there's cover there in place already you're kind of reducing the level of of additional cover that's required so people might net. might actually need less cover than they think yeah they, like the debt and service like some American employers um, provide 10 times annual salary so it's all based on your annual salary um, the norm would be three to four times your annual salary as a lump sum debt and service mm-hmm. benefit. But it does, you know, as it says, it's it's a debt in service. So for people that leave work, 
that benefit is gone and um, they have actually, to be mindful of that that's a, actually a very crucial piece of advice people never think of that when they're moving jobs no so you could potentially move from somewhere where you have four times your salary death and service to an employer that doesn't actually provide those benefits no. so it would be very important that that would form part of your assessment when you're thinking about moving a job absolutely and, and just on that i suppose that that would be on the negotiations with the, the new employer but some plans out there that, that employers provide on a debt and service the newer plans let's call us not the older ones do give the opportunity to take over that on a personal basis but right. not all plans would but it's in, it's important to, to investigate that before any, any yeah. decision is particularly made if you have small children and so, so just on that, people always ask me, well, what, what level of cover do I need? What's, and, and to try and put a figure on that, the industry kind of looks at it on the basis of, well, what net income do you receive each month? So say, for instance, I receive 2,000 net income a month. After tax, yeah. Yeah, after tax. So that's uh, 2,000 a month. So that's uh, 24,000 a year I need to replace. And then if you're looking at the way, way you put a term, on, on the policy would be look at the youngest child out age 25 and the reason for that is they say the children could be dependent on you if they're in full-time education up until the age of 25. Okay, that's very interesting um, yeah I didn't understand yeah. how, how that was actually calculated. So it just so. gives gives something because as I say people come out, well, some people say well I have fifth you know to base it on what they can afford but that's not the right way to to, to calculate it I suppose yeah. you know I always give them the maximum what's what what is recommended and they can always pair it back from affordability point of view but okay. it's always important to put put the the maximum amount okay so i suppose uh, in that context john self-employed people are not going to have those type of benefits no um so it would even be more crucial that they look at what protections they have for their families uh, absolutely and and like there's very indifferent pro- products out there, I suppose. But the main thing for, for self-employed people would be the income protection. Like, if you think about it, the income you receive on, a, on an annual basis over your lifetime is mm. your biggest asset. If, yes. no, if you have no income, you can't pay for, for anything. So even when you, you know, for a self-employed person that becomes, you know, sick or ill for, for, for a period of time and they're not receiving an income, it's so important that they have this protection at a minimum in place. There are other products, the likes of serious or specified illness, that pays out a lump sum in the event of contracting a serious illness. But for the likes of self-employed people, the income protection would be the most important. Okay. So I suppose on, on that, I, you know, I would just kind of look at and pick a, a typical sort of self-employed person, say an electrician uh, with two young children of school age, mm-hmm. um, a mortgage on a credit union loan out for his, his van and his tools. Yeah. You know, what, what sort of advice would you start to give him? Well, straight off, it would be the income protection would be the, the the first port of call. If he's a mortgage already, he would have they would have mortgage protection because that is a requirement before the loan is drawn down. And then for the likes of the tools and, and the loan, I suppose the with the credit union, that's already covered. Um, and maybe you can touch on that, Paula, from yeah, a credit union yeah. point of I th- view. Actually, I think that's one of the key points. People don't understand the difference yeah. between a credit union loan versus a bank loan. 
you know, when you take out a credit union loan, it is covered by loan protection insurance. Mm-hmm. There are some small terms and conditions around it generally. You know, if you pass within six months, it's not covered. But other than that, once you've made your six payments, the loan is fully covered by insurance. And in effect, when you die, the loan dies with you, yeah. which I think is a very valuable insurance because it doesn't cost you anything more. Yeah. And you obviously don't get that with the banks. Yeah, And, and so just on that, Paul, I suppose, mind, yeah. you know, there, there is an exposure there for people that have maybe a loan with a bank or something like that. They're not yeah. going to write that off. So it is even important in the life calculations or the life cover calculations to maybe incorporate that debt that's left behind yeah you know because ultimately it still has to be paid you know somebody had a a loan out of the bank for say a car purchase or a van purchase that would have to be paid from the estate absolutely and if there's no money in the estate how is it paid you know so that's that's the difficulty and it's for people to understand that you know as well when when they're they're factoring in all these yeah um, i think that's that is a crucial difference between credit union and bank loans and uh, again, it's important to get that information out there to people. Yeah, people are unaware of that, you know, yeah, so it is yeah. important, very important. Well, I think it's a valuable insurance to have. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's kind of look at what types of cover are out there. I know yeah. you've touched on income protection and yeah. serious illness, but maybe can we talk about the different types like term versus whole of life cover? Yeah mortgage protection, income protection, serious yeah. illness, and any other covers that yeah. you can think of? So I'll start with, I suppose, income protection it, it would be the first I touched on that earlier on. So that, that protects your income. Um, now, the way any income protection policy is made up, it covers 75% of, of your income. Once you, if you have any injury or any illness that keeps you out of work for a period of time, depending on the deferred period of the policy, i.e. four weeks up to 52 weeks. So what that, what I mean by that is you'd have to be out of work for four weeks or 52 weeks or 26 weeks before that benefit kicks in. Which it would be up to the policyholder to put that in place yeah, at the time. As an in, uh, yeah, absolutely. And what, 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 way, what deferred period they'd like. Obviously, the longer the deferred period, the cheaper the cover is. But it's dependent on the... For the likes of an electrician who's self-employed, they'd want the, the, the benefit to kick in straight away, pretty much. So they'd more yes. than likely look for a four-week deferred period as opposed to a 26 or a 52-week. I suppose then the most common one that mortgage holders would have is the mortgage protection policy. That can have life cover only, which is the, the requirement by the lender to have it. Some would have what's called accelerated uh, serious or specified illness as well in it. Um, but, but, but the requirement to draw down a loan is, is to have life cover. And on a mortgage protection policy, the cover decreases in line with the loan. So yeah, it, it's important that, that you check around and because it's linked to property, I always say to people, try and get that as cheap as you can. But cheaper yes. doesn't mean that it doesn't have, like debt cover is debt cover, you know, yeah. it's, it, it, there's no difference between provider. It's to try and get that as cheap as you can, you know. Would it be worth, um, on the subject of mortgage protection, would it be worth maybe if you have an existing policy shopping around to see if you could get a better deal? Absolutely, yeah. Like any type of protection plan, be it income protection, life cover, serious illness, be it whole of life or whatever, they're all rated on your age, your smoker status, the level of cover, term of years, or as we're going to discuss, maybe a whole of life policy, which is yeah. which is different again, and I'll touch on that now in a second. But yeah, it would be. It, it, again, you'd have a fair idea, like if you took out a, a mortgage policy 10 years ago, and um, the likelihood is it's rated on your age at that time. Yes. So... 10 years now down the line the likelihood is we may not improve on that but where you may have had for instance 
uh, some companies may have put a loading on your policy back 10 years ago. Maybe you may you become a smoker. A smoker. And, yeah, exactly. Maybe you may be a non-smoker now, yeah. and that would that, that halves the rate, you know. And do you have to be off cigarettes for a particular length of time? Yeah, so it's 12 months. 12 months is, is the time, and, and some policy, I know Irish Life, for instance. That's um, actually very low. I, I would have thought it was higher than that. Yeah, no, tw- 12 months um, often. And what I know... F- Irish life for instance if you have an existing policy there and obviously you're a smoker at the outset and then you suddenly become a non-smoker i.e. the 12 months they'll send you for what's called a cotinine test so they'll actually okay. send you into their medical officer or in, into Irish life they'll take a to- cotinine test and if there's no tobacco or, or okay. and you are classed as a non-smoker so, they'll simply reduce yeah, the rate so they can take yeah. that loading off yeah. of your existing policy I think direct policy. do it off your yeah, existing yeah. policy as well Yeah, That's so it can good. be a substantial saving Okay, mm-hmm. and I suppose the other question is, I know people, there's some people out there that actually couldn't get insurance because mm. they had cancer mm. and different things. Is yeah. there any way out of that for them? So on the, on, on the mortgage protection side, there was a new development uh, last year where people can't be discriminated now because okay. of having pr- prior cancer. All right. Um, up to then, it was like uh, ad hoc, you know, you'd have to be five years cancer free and so on to be able to... Uh, even apply for the life cover because up to then they they just a uh, straight decline so again it, going back to what i was saying there if you had say you might have had, had a high bmi or you might have had issues 10 years ago that are now kind of rectified you've lost weight or whatever so on and so yeah, forth yeah. there's certainly a chance that you could get a reduced rate going forward okay but it's worth exploring it's absolutely yeah. you know so 10 it costs, years ago costs nothing to, exactly, to explore 10 years yeah, ago it might yeah. have been a no but that's not saying that those it, yeah. reasons are still in place yeah. so you could potentially come back again it's like everything things change you know underwriting yeah. decisions or, or the way the underwriting works and, and that's one thing for just to be, uh, sorry an important point there on when you're applying for for any type of protection plan is that it's medically underwritten yeah all right and i mean treatments and and medicines have yeah. to manage uh, yeah. different illnesses have so when moved I, on even yeah. in the 10 so years. when i started out i suppose high blood pressure or cholesterol would have been would have caused a loading on, on the policy or the premium but now i'm finding even more there seems to be a better understanding of cholesterol you know if, if somebody's on a, on medication or if they're decided well i'm not taking it but i'm going to exercise and i'm going to keep my cholesterol down and so on and so forth underwriters will look more favorable on that nowadays okay yeah. that's that's very good so you would say to people that would have liked insurance but couldn't get it mm. that maybe revisit it yeah revisit it things change as i yeah. say you yeah. know and uh, there can be a difference of even per provider like we have you know, agencies with all the main life providers in Ireland, different providers, their underwriters might have different um, different, criteria, different criteria. Yeah, yeah. not getting too technical, but th- there is, you know, for every life policy or even car policy that we have, there's what's called reassurers in the background. And they kind of set the rules and the limits of what they can. So it is important that you check out each provider because in their merits, in their own merits, yeah. really. You know? And that's something you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'm only too happy to do it. Yeah. All right, so I suppose we get on to the cost of insurance mm. and putting the protections in place, John. And I, I understand at the moment, like, funds might be tight for some people mm-hmm. with the inflation and cost of living, and people may not have available disposable income. Would it be fair to say that people might actually get insurance cheaper than they thought they they thought it would be? Yeah, again, it's rated, as I say, on your age, your smoker status, level of cover, term of years, but the cost of life cover has come down o- o- over over the years, you know. To put a, a decent plan in place, you could be talking, depending on your age, it could be 
upwards maybe 100 quid a month like 25 quid a week you know yeah, it's yeah. not a huge amount when you break it down to that kind of level but it's the important yeah. part of that is you've got peace of mind yeah. you've got a protection plan in place there that you know that if anything happens to me tomorrow be it i die suddenly or i get seriously ill because again there's serious illness can be attached to these life policies as well mm -hmm. so that's what we call a living benefit yes so that covers the main serious illnesses like there could be 50 odd different illnesses on the policy the main ones being cancer heart attack you know you could have permanent brain injury or whatever the case may be yeah. but it's important that's different to life covering so far as it's a living benefit all right that's what we call yeah. a living benefit you receive a lump sum to replace your income to help you either pay medical bills you might have and again that alleviates the financial pressures whilst you're recovering from your serious illness yeah yeah um, that would be very important yeah okay so I, I think really people need to weigh up the cost versus the cost of not having it yeah you like, know yeah so like i, I might I, say oh that's too expensive yeah. but you uh, but know I if they don't have it in place and mm -hmm. then suddenly they're they're without income yeah. it can like, be like it's even like possible. i work with people insofar as i always I suppose present the max maximum recommendation but there's as I say to people look I'm not here to tell you what cover to take out I can mm -hmm. only recommend what is it what I suggest but we can always bring it back down like reduce the term or reduce the level of cover and he's just something there in place to, to fit, it into, to fit into an affordability yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well that's yeah. I think that's very crucial yeah so part of that of course is meeting the, the family or the couple and oh yeah you know really assessing yeah what they can afford yeah. firstly you know and where we go from there so on that Paula we do a, a fact find so that's gathering information about the existing policies they may have or are you the debt and service that they have through their employer and then it's presenting them with recommendations as to what I feel, you know, they should have in place based on mm -hmm. the information we've gathered. Yes, absolutely. Just on that, Paul, as well, like yeah. you know, some people out there as well might have pensions from previous employments, you know, that they've left employment. That yes. is a form of life cover as well, insofar as 100% of that fund value on the date of death would be paid out to an estate. So it's important that that's factored in some way as well in the overall um, calculation for the, okay. the recommendation. So, so you have a kind of a holistic approach to Absolutely, everything. yeah. We have to look at everything that's there, like the state-provided benefit, you know, mm -hmm. um, in the event like a widow's allowance or, or a sick. But that's not going to cover all, all the costs, um, ongoing costs that you have. But again, that can be factored in. You know, generally, I think insurance and protections is definitely something that people put on the long finger. Everybody really knows they should have some mm -hmm. level of protection there. Yeah. But, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, I must look into that and kind of yeah. push it off yeah. indefinitely. I think we're in the new year here now, and it's the perfect time for people really to stop procrastinating yeah. about it and maybe just do it. Yeah. So where do they start? Yeah, well, look, they could, first of all, you'd have to find a broker or a financial advisor that's going to sit down with them and go through their, carry out a fact find and provide recommendations. I'd only be too happy to do that with anybody that's interested in sitting down with me and, and having a chat about it. You know, you find that some people may have taken out family policies like 10 years ago when the kid was, you know, only born. But their circumstances have changed. Their income may have increased. You know, it's important that these are reviewed on an ongoing basis. Children. More children, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, know. yeah. So yeah, people's people's circumstances change. Yeah. you know, from year to yeah. year. And so. what happens there is those policies stick and are stuck in a drawer, and you think, oh, I have that there, but it's, it, and maybe it, they're not adequate. Exactly, exactly. So it is important that they are. I'm not saying every year to review these. 
but over maybe a f- every five years maybe you know as circumstances change would be a good time to, yeah. to have a look at these things yeah and as I, as you said people might have dealt with a broker maybe 10 15 years yeah. ago they might have an old policy sitting there yeah. that hasn't been reviewed yeah. you'd be happy to only too happy and, to do yeah. it yeah yeah okay I think you know you've touched up you know this this podcast series money talks will be touching on a lot of areas including retirement yeah. planning family protection and savings and investments and other yeah. areas yeah. I think in episode one we did chat about retirement planning mm-hmm. so we, we'd be happy for any of our listeners to to listen to all the podcasts in the series over the course of the next few months yeah. members don't our listeners to this podcast they don't have to be a member of Luke and Credit no. Union to come to you no so ultimately it is obviously for our members but it it's for the wider community as well yeah so we're happy to to speak to anybody and the main thing i suppose is you look i look around and some brokers charging maybe 150 200 euros just to sit down with them and, and review these things like that's the one thing we do is provide a complimentary review which right. i think sits well with so there's no cost attached there's no cost attached and i always feel it never does any harm to sit down have a cup of coffee and a chat and look at your options and that's all it is you know you know it's ultimately to sit down and 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 to kind of and i don't mean it by but to educate the individual or or or, or the you know the husband the couple the couple you know as to what they may need to put in place going forward if a listener is out there and they're saying well i'm actually going to do this this yeah. this new year I'm yeah. going to put those protections in place and I'm going to look at what I have already yeah. how do they contact you? Well there's um, they can contact me by email that's john.miller at lucancu.ie or on the mobile which is 083-099-5086 Very good and also you know if you're in the Finstown office you can leave your contact details with anybody at the counter and mm-hmm. you'll be in touch or you can ring the main office here 0818297007 and of course there's plenty of information John on our website yeah. uh, ie about financial planning yeah. and uh, the work that you do and there is a contact form yeah. there so if the member just if you want to just complete the contact form and submit it John will be in touch in due course to yeah. arrange an appointment Absolutely, yeah. okay yeah. well thank you John that was very interesting thanks, today Paula, yeah. and uh, thanks thanks to everybody for listening yeah. in thank you this podcast was produced by Lucan District Credit Union Lucan District Credit Union is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland